Welcome to the UCW Radio Show, and this is the show where we bring out some awesome guests. Today's no different, and I'm not even mentioning names. Well, actually, I am. I'm, I'm gonna. We're bringing on Matthew Jager. We're bringing on uh, Carolina Spiro. We're, they're doing some amazing things. Let me bring them on because we have a lot, a lot of stuff to talk about. Guys, <laughs> welcome to the show. I, yeah, I'm, I'm excited yeah, to have you guys good. on. <laughs> yeah, this is all. Oh, this is great, great stuff. So you know, let's let's give a backdrop to the audience because you know, Matt, you've been on the show a couple times, but that was yeah. what we were doing audio. We were doing the radio stuff. Right yeah. now, we're doing video. We upgraded a little bit, <laughs> you know. So maybe give them a backdrop of of where you're at right now because you've done a lot of things. You you you've starred in a lot of uh, TV shows. You, I mean, some of the I've, I've every, anything that you said that you were going to be on. I watched, and then, Cato, I, I, I was, I was, what was it? I think you were on uh, George Lopez. Something was going on, and you were on that. See, I remember this stuff. Yeah, good memory. Wow. Yeah. Well, I make, I make sure that I, 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 I support and I watch the things that. The, the good people that I have around me, I support them and watch their watch their projects because you, you guys have been. I, I'm talking too much. Let me let you guys talk. Matt, go go right ahead. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, you and I met at a knock, knockout dog fighting event. It was a right. fundraiser to help stop dog fighting in the Southern California area. Right. And uh, yeah, we did a couple phone interviews, and I remember like you know sit put in the headphones, make sure everything's good. Yeah, and uh, obviously, especially you know, with COVID, everything's jumped up now. So we can have these video meetings. Yeah, now you have to look but, pretty. So yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Before that, I can just sit in my underwear and you know. <laughs> don't don't pan the camera. Don't pan the camera down. We don't. We both yeah, yeah, sitting in our underwear. It's just you know, we decided to dress up on the tap. We're very news news anchor right now. Yeah. Oh man, too funny. Too funny. And uh, man, yeah, since the last time we talked, that was a few years ago. I mean, we've uh, well, we got married, and then, I can't believe that was before we got married. I know, we I know. Yeah, we got married. Um, congratulations, congratulations, <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, Coming up on six years, six in April. years. Six years <gasps> in April. Oh, wow. Uh, well, we've then, known each uh, other, we've, we've known each other a long time, Matt. Oof. <laughs> yeah, we've known each other probably about 10, 11 years. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow, Ooh, we get... <laughs> we're not getting old. Stop it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, well, we were both in our twenties when we met. So yes. sure. Yeah, exactly. I think we all graduated high school at that point. I, I, I think so. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I can argue. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man. Since then, we, um, yeah, we we've done television work, commercial work. Um, we ended up moving to New York for a year. Uh, I booked something. I was understudying a Broadway show. We went out there for a year. And she got a recurring role on FBI for a while while we were out there. Um, and I did a thing for Blacklist, and we did a couple other little projects out there. And then we came back to L.A., and then we were bouncing back, actually, between the two. We'd go back to New York every spring or fall just to audition around. And um, she actually booked a, an indie film that's out right now. Yeah, um, Never Rarely, Sometimes Always mm -hmm. is, like, just – it's so funny. When you book these small indie films, you just – you have no idea. It could it yeah. could come out horribly. It could – you could never air. Mm -hmm. um, but this one, well, we knew we had, we knew it was going to probably be something. It was directed by Eliza Hickman, and, and she was involved with the people who did, um, you know, Moonlight. Is it yeah. Moonlight or Moonlight? Moonlight. Moonlight, and um, yes. if Field Street could talk. So I had a feeling yeah. that this would probably go somewhere, but um, but yeah, it's it's been just just rocking out the festivals, and um, yeah. and sadly, you know, well, actually, no, luckily, we were able to see it on the big screen yeah. the day, like the, yeah. like the day the theaters closed, like yeah. they were gonna have their grand opening. The grand premiere the next day, we saw it the day before, and on that evening, they closed the theater, so they never yeah, had that was a premiere. Oh, wow. Like, they didn't even wow. put posters up yet. 
you know, that. and they were getting there. You could see them with the posters rolled up. They were getting ready to put up the posters for the next day at AMC, and then they shut down the theaters. Yeah. So we were able to see the big screen. So that was yeah, cool, that was... but oh, it broke my heart that they didn't get that release <laughs> that they, they deserved. But still, yeah. it's, I mean, it's going crazy over the um, internet. Yeah, it's one of the awards. Yeah, it's about, um, it's just about these, you know, these two uh, young women who one of them, you know, got pregnant. She's like a teenager, yeah, young and teenager, and she has to cross to New York to get the, um, the care that she needs to, um, she decides to have an abortion. And, um, and it talks about kind of, you know, just what they have to go through the, you know, they have no money. I mean, it's just an incredible, yeah. just so well directed, so well acted, just, it's so simple in the way that they portray the story. Um, and I play a woman who helps them with their, you know, and how how she can uh, financially pay for the procedure mm -hmm. through Planned Parenthood and all of that, and um, you know the options that they have out there that they don't normally have in a lot of states. So it's just so well done, and and um, it just kind of a slice out of life. It doesn't really resolve anything. It just says, look, this is what happens. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's you almost decide, life. You know? Yeah, but it's it's like real life things that things happen. Yeah. And yeah, you have to go through so, it. You know, well, look within the films. Yeah, it's it's a hit or miss. You know, it all depends on who yeah. is directing this film. You know, yeah. one in the film that I know of that did quite well, and no one really people wrote it off for a couple of years before it got it, it was done. Is the wrestler okay? And look at him now. Oh, you know, look yeah, at yeah. now you know he was yeah. doing that, filming that in, in, inside of his van. Nobody knew that. You know, but look at him now. It's just a matter of the talent that's on top and how everyone just comes together. So I'm happy that that was successful. You know, you guys are getting awards and they're going to put your centerfold in a magazine and all that stuff. <laughs> Indie Daily, boom, right there. <laughs> well, they've already done all of this wonderful th uh, things. Um, I just play like a small supporting role. So, you know, obviously all of the attention and accolades are going to the main cast and the directors, which I, but I'm just, re I mean, it's one of those stories. But she's I'm, excellent. I'm just Don't happy to be involved. She's excellent in it. <laughs> no, I'm I saw saying, her in it. She's beautiful. Anyways, I'm just yeah. giving the, giving the attention. <laughs> but, but you see how you, you downplay, you know, you, you, you supporting role, lead role. The, the lead role is only as good as your supporting cast. You know, so if your supporting cast is on point, everything is better because they're supporting and they're no, helping. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But either which way, it was just um, I, I was just so grateful to be a part of that story because I thought it was so important to be told, you know. Um, and I mean, these girls, it was, I believe, their first time acting. And so it was just. I mean, oh, it was just one of those yeah. things where when an actor first starts, um, you either have all of these walls or you're completely raw and completely natural, and that's who they were. And you got to see that realness, and it was just such great work from them. And I was just really happy to be part of it. So that happened while a lot of great things happened in New York. As he said, you know, I got to be uh, recur on FBI. Mm -hmm. um, there was another film uh, was a part of Mosquito State, which is making their festival run, but not really so. I still haven't seen it, um, so we'll see about that. But uh, and mainly for me, it's just I'm shifting. I'm shifting back into directing, um, but this time instead of web series, I wrote a short story um, that's going to star my parents. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, was, I wanted to bring up your parents. You just you just blew me up. You know your your parents. They've never acted before, but you you made them do something, or maybe your mother wanted to do it herself. I don't know. Well, it, it all it happened because um, my mother. First of all, both of my parents had full fledged careers yeah. when they were younger. I mean, I'm talking. About my dad was like a, a regional director, uh, uh, engineering for this huge corporation, and my mom was the CFO of this huge corporation. Um, but as you know, they left their jobs to start up like a business on their own, and that business didn't unfortunately wasn't able to survive. And so they decided instead of going back in the corporate world they were gonna do like a part-time job just to you know just to have something to do my mom was working at Macy's and she was working with clothing and um, her arthritis started to really bother her and I'm like mom I don't feel comfortable with you I know you want to work but that's it's gonna yeah. you know, exacerbate your condition yeah. sure. my parents have always been super charming um, my mother has a wonderful smile. <laughs> yeah. She just is so, and I'm like, Mom, have you ever thought about 
maybe trying commercials, you know, mm-hmm. um, because you just kind of just need to be able to be authentically yourself with commercials. It's it's not it's a very different kind of market yeah. than than theatrical. And, and, and I'm sure she gave you a special face that only <laughs> you can you can recreate. <laughs> oh, yeah, she was like, oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she just, I mean, just kind of lit up. And I mean, I did have them in a, a little short film when I was uh, on my maybe like 10, 15 years ago. I just put them in for fun. And surprisingly, my mom was just so able to take direction so well um, that I was like, I, I'm, I think she could do this. So I basically put her through like a, like a, a week smash course. I went through all of the basics, um, mainly just trying to keep tapping into that just natural, raw, you know, untainted, um, you know, way about her. Like every step of the way, she was kind of holding their hands and helping them. Yeah, and then um, and then I, you know, took headshots for her, introduced her to my commercial agent. They loved her, (laughs) Um, and then they started going auditions, and and especially during now because it's all self tape. They wanted real couples mm-hmm. who lived together, quarantined together, and especially in the age group that they were in. So my dad started to be started to be brought in, and they started getting callbacks and and avails, and um, and that's when I was like, all right, coast to coast, uh, you want to take on my dad too? And so we took his headshot, and literally within three months of them going on like consistent auditions, they booked a campaign with Case Jewelers. They booked us a union. Of course they did. Of course they did. Meanwhile, you have guys that are out there ten years and they don't book anything. I know. <laughs> we had a That's what we told them. Yeah. Do you want to? Yeah, sure. So there was. Um, we were congratulating them on everything because really they had a lot of. They were already. You know, eligible to join the union within three months of starting. No way. We them, yeah, we told them each other. It took us like uh, several years oh, of trying. Yeah. It took me yeah. ten years before I even booked my first national, and so yeah. we we're like, we're so happy for you guys. We're so proud of you. I mean, you know, and we said the word, but f you just a little bit. And her mom, my mom was like, f us. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Those words to my parents before at that point, but they were, and then they they use it all the time. Yeah, all the time. Every Anytime. time they book, they're like, "Yeah, f us." Oh my god, that's funny. That's funny. I saw, I saw the picture of your mom when when she had booked the thing, and I said, "You know what? I I can just see how that conversation went. I can just see it. I can just see uh, it. That's great." Uh, actually, what ha- how we found out that they booked is that so we have they have their cottage in. Uh, over here, we built them basically oh like an ADU God. unit, and so we have the main house, yeah. and they live in that cottage. Right. Um, so we've been working on trying to, you know, communicate on, you know, yes, we are all family living on one property, but you also remember this is our home, and so please try sort to of not- a dirty dancing. This is your dance space. This is our dance <laughs> yeah, space. Yeah, you got to lay that groundwork down. <laughs> we were in bed, right? We were in bed, like in bed. And my parents come rushing in. We booked it, like literally. Oh like, my oh, god! Matt is struggling to put on clothes, and I'm like, stop! <laughs> stop, stop. And my mom's like, hilarious! That's hilarious. Yeah. That that right there is something you have to write into a movie because really, yeah. you know, that's funny. That is funny. We're like, congratulations. <laughs> but he has never entered our home again without texting us saying, hey, we yeah, just wanted to true. come in. Can we that's borrow? Yeah. That, oh, that. Yeah, well, she doesn't want to go through that again. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, Matt, I want to ask you something because yeah. you've been on, you've been, you've been in plays and everything, you know, what's your take on what's going on on Broadway and beyond that with the, uh, the theaters and the, you know, how they're shut down and and the, the workers can't work and what's your take on everything? I mean, of course it's, it's heartbreaking to see it down. And especially um, because we got to know a fair number of people who, who they make their living on Broadway and and seeing that they're just not able to do it. Um, I have a good friend I went to college with. He and his wife both work on the production side Mm -hmm. The, the downside, of course, is that with theater, you are required to sit in very close contact with other people yep. for 
hours at a time, which in an era in the middle of a pandemic, you just can't do. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the workarounds that I've enjoyed that, I, that I've liked seeing are these sort of virtual people either doing readings or performances. I was part of a reading over the summer, but I think it's a, it's by no means a replacement for Broadway and you can't replace Broadway. Broadway is Broadway, mm -hmm. but I think it's a nice, it's a way for people to still experience that, to have the live performance feeling mm -hmm. also for the performers and the people involved on the technical side to make some money. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, uh, as far as my take on it, it's a heartbreaking necessity. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, you have, you think about a Broadway house, they average about 800 to 1,000 people. All you need is one person who's sick and you just created a super spreader event and you just can't. But yeah. I remember actually the day that Broadway closed down, she, uh, she kept asking me like, what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong? It was the first time that I realized how serious COVID-19 was, you know, right. we hear about things like SARS and MERS and it's always over there, yeah. somebody else's problem. Right, right. And then Broadway was like, we're shutting down. And I mean, we were in New York when there was a snowstorm and Broadway stayed open. Yeah. Right. I think they closed one night because all the subways had to shut down. Yeah. That was it. And so when they were like, we're closing for the foreseeable future, I'm actually getting chills as I'm talking about it. Like, I was like, wow. Okay, so we need to get ready that this is going to be a thing. And so, yeah, so we went out and we got some food and, and we just, we kind of prepared for what might be a long haul. Well, you're nature, man. You know all, but you know all about it. Right? <laughs> we did, uh, yeah, and we've got our, we've got our stuff that we need it, you know? Yeah, yeah we, um, but we prepared to, like I said, we prepared for the long haul. Yeah, and starting to do things to kind of, to still continue performances yeah. Um, you know, they're they're working with SAG-AFTRA to, you know, work out a deal where they can. SAG-AFTRA and Equity had a huge negotiation and there were some rocky moments to be sure, but they worked it out so that um, what would be, if it was live, it would be an equity contract, but because they want to air it, it should be a SAG-AFTRA contract. Mm -hmm. There's now a waiver where it can still be an equity contract mm -hmm. so that you can get people who normally work in equity and, and rely on those health credits and rely on that income for their pension, all of that, yeah. they can do Basically that. making these performance of, performances available yeah. streaming, you know, as yeah. opposed to, obviously they can't make it live live, but um, but to make it available streaming, and yes, that crosses over into, you know, TV, yeah. film, theater, but and that kind of I think that's one of the nice things. I mean, obviously this has not been, you know, I would be like say 2020 was a really hard year, and it was, but watching how people have, come together and works together to find these kinds of answers. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, two unions who, um, you know, started out a little like, no, no, we want this, we want this, we're able to then find an answer and find a solution. Mm -hmm. And just seeing, you know, almost anywhere you look, there's a lot of fear. And I think we, we hear a lot on the news about the divisiveness that's been going on and that's definitely there. Mm -hmm. But on the other side, there is those there are those people in those times when you get to see people coming together to help each other out. And that, that to me has been, uh, I guess the silver lining to what otherwise has been a difficult situation. Yeah. I think people need to come together to help each other because I mean, in Hollywood and in Broadway, I think, I think a lot of people don't understand. It's not just about the gig. It's everything that's associated with it because you're talking about insurance. It's like you're working in a company, you have insurance, you have this, you have that. And when you don't have that, it impacts your lives it impacts your family and everything else and then you have the trickle down effect you know yeah. so I, I i don't think a lot of people understand that you know there are a lot of ripples that go out yeah yeah you know look i understand how the unions are but you know what in in, in a crisis you got to put down your ego and just make it work so people can get to work as they can if they can you know well, that's i think that's one of the reasons why i'm so grateful they were able to come together and do that and in a weird way, it's, I feel like there's been a new push to unionize because of course, you also have people in situations like this who are trying to sort of take advantage of things because people are desperate. And yeah. so you need oh, yeah. groups like unions who are able to say, no, 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 no. I know that right now this person's desperate, so they're willing to work for a bag of peanuts, mm -hmm. but you actually need to give them a livable wage and you need to make sure that they're not just working themselves into poverty. You know? Well, that, that's what was happening, I believe, with Tenant, right? They were, they, that was a big thing with that movie, that they, didn't, they, they were trying to prevent it from 
being uh, uh, aired or, or, or going at the theaters or something. There was something with that that had to do with the union. Oh, I'm not, I, I honestly don't know anything about that. Yeah. Who, you know who's in it? Uh, I don't know. It was that big oh, okay. movie that came out, you know, um, big movie. I, I, don't know. I haven't seen it, but I know that during that time, they were, they said if you may if you are in this movie with this guy that you you can get banned by the union or something, you know. And I thought it was kind of I thought it was kind of extreme, you know. The only thing I could think is if they shot it under a non-union contract. Yeah, right? if they probably I mean, usually something like that would happen if they like like broke the contract and you know and it's not like and it's not like you know if anybody works on it they're banned it's union actors are not allowed to work on it mm. um, because they have not, they have broke their contract with SAG-AFTRA. This project is no longer union until they get, they resign yeah. or they, they, they basically, you know, behave in a good faith manner. So that kind of stuff doesn't get extreme until they are pushed right. to be that extreme. Because yeah. again, it's the only way to make sure that these people are following the rules and making sure that they're protecting their employees and, and, and you know, in health and safety as well financially. So if they are, are doing things to break those rules um, and, and endangering their, their actors, well, in this particular case, specifically actors, um, yeah. that it's the only way to make sure that that doesn't keep happening. Because if they don't put those extreme measures, then end that another film and another film and another will continue to do that. I do know, yeah, I do know there were a couple, and I'm trying to remember which ones. One of them, I think, was a Michael Bay film mm. that was starting out, and they, they released what were called Do Not Work Notices, which was letting all members know that right now, this film, and what it was, was it was early on in the pandemic, um, there were certain productions who decided, you know what, we're just going to go ahead and do it anyway. And the unions were like, no, no, you can't do that unless you have certain. And then that was what led to, a part of that is what led to the AMPDP and the both the directors, producers, and technical and actors guilds coming together and releasing those guidelines for everybody to be like, okay, here's how we're going to do it safely. Um, everyone acknowledges there's no way to be 100% safe, but at least have some things in place. And we've since, We've both worked during this time, mm -hmm. and I can tell you that having those protections in place have been a huge relief yeah. because oh, you know you're going because you're not you're putting yourself at risk. You know, yeah. you're not putting yourself at risk, and you're also not like bringing because we're both guest actors. So we come in that way. For me, I'm not sure if it'd be worse to catch it from them or to know that I was the one who brought it in and got other people sick, especially if somebody ends up either having getting really sick or even dying from it right, right. Um, so even, it's, even that you you it, the risk in a lower scale the risk is shutting down the production because yeah. you've exposed everyone and so everyone's yeah. lost their job like down to the grip and the pas they all yeah. have to be let go because one person decided yeah. to not you know take the test yeah. or whatever and so um, i mean to this day there are still i know many many union actresses who refuse to go on auditions because they still don't feel like it's safe enough. Um, so yeah. there's still so many actors that are not working, you know, waiting for the, you know, either to get, you know, their, their yeah, vaccines or just until they can feel more comfortable that things are really safe. Mm -hmm. um, Especially if they're older. Yeah. Especially yeah. if they're in that high risk group. And for a fact, I, I really, really believe this, that if the union did not come in, you know, strictly and saying, follow these CDC guidelines or, we will not, you know, we cannot give you our actors if that didn't happen. Um, I mean, I know when my parents first did, did their first uh, commercial, it was not union. And so they never tested for COVID. Um, they were going to have, you know, an entire, their set not tested. And, you know, we had to fight with our agents and say, absolutely not. You have to at least um, have anybody that is within six feet of my parents, they have to be tested, right. you know, um, background, if you're going to have them without, cause you know, if they can't shoot without a mask, if you're going to have them within six feet, then they have to be tested. If not, you need to push them out and, and they have to be back. They're both, they're both, you know, on the high risk. Right. And my dad's diabetic, you know? And so if we did not push for that, 
they would have had this set, you know, with background and everybody without masks just doing their thing, you know, um, on a union set that never have been allowed, you know. Now it's getting, it's different. I think they're getting a little more strict, but um, it's still yeah, a little bit. to stop the spread. That's why Tom Cruise was yelling yeah, on yeah, the set. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, but then, you know, people said he over you know he exaggerated he went he went over the top but the thing is not really because again you you impact people's lives if you, yeah. say you go on set you're sick and you don't know you're not tested and you get three other people sick now those three other people get 10 other people sick they don't know and all of a sudden yeah. by the end of the day everyone's sick and you shut down production and that's mm -hmm. tens of millions if not hundreds of millions of dollars that is just frozen yeah. It's a lot of money lost yeah, for everybody in possible people's health. So. Yeah, yeah, you know, so that that's, you know, I think that hopefully at some point this year things open up a little bit so people can get back to work, you know, especially on Broadway. Movies and TV, yeah. you can work around it, you know. Well, we, have, we have residuals, we have, we have passive income, you know, whatever they show, a TV show or a film, they make money on our image and we get a little tiny piece of that and so royalties don't hurt, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I love, I love the residual fairy. Every time she comes, we're happy. Yeah. Um, but that's a little bit of passive income that as a on-screen performer you have, whether you do commercials, TV, film, whatever. But for yeah, for Broadway, you only get paid if you're performing. And right. so yeah, I know that I know people on Broadway. Are, there are some people on Broadway who are really hurting right now. Yeah, hopefully things loosen up a little bit and they come up with alternatives where these people can get to work and, and safely, which is important. Now, shifting from the COVID and the Broadway, I'm going to go to I'm going to the screenwriter, scriptwriter. So one of you two are writing. I wonder who that is. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny I swore I would never do it. Um, yeah, I because I, I had always, you know, um, wanted to just if not completely shift uh, over to directing, but you know, shift more over there. And um, and I've had you know some wonderful friends who are independent uh, female directors. And I had one person say she's like you know because I I was just like I don't want, I just don't want to produce I want to, I want to direct. And she's like she's like honey if, if you want to direct you're gonna have to produce and if you're gonna produce you're gonna have to write you're gonna have to do it all yourself. And I'm like oh okay. And so um, I started to write you know uh, a little bit about what I know. This you know I. Uh, don't know if you know this, but I am a hula dancer. I, I dance. Um, I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked. <laughs> I'm not shocked at all. Um, so I've been doing that for six years, which is a completely immersive. I mean, you have to learn about the culture and the language and everything. And so I started to write about that. Um, and but then. Uh, you know, Corona hit and, and there's just no way I'm going to be able to shoot big shows, big performances, mm -hmm. you know, crowds, nothing like that. So um, Matt and I were like, OK, well, what do I do? He's like, babe, I think you're just going to have to start over. I was like, I have to write another. And um, and I just kind of looked out the window. I'm like, what can I do? What can I shoot now? What can I shoot now right away in this situation that we're in? And um, and I was like, okay. And I looked around my neighborhood. I'm like, all right. I'm going to write a story about an Avon lady. Um, and this, and then my my thought automatically went to my mother. Oh and, yeah, I was gonna say yeah. Just right off the bat, I'm sure yeah. you have a more stories to come out. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, this Avon lady is going to be a woman who is an immigrant. Um, who became an Avon lady to practice her English, um, but is just not very good at it. She can, you know, she only knows what's on her card, uh, you know, her pitch. And, um, and she just gets, you know, turned away, just left and right, boom, boom, boom. And um, I'm like literally chased down the street by a dog. I mean, there's just all these little, just fun little parts. And um, and then till she meets uh, uh, an eccentric uh, neighbor mm -hmm. who decides to just kind of bring her in and teach her that, <laughs> and teach her, you know, that um, you don't need to know the perfect words or the language to sell something. You have to believe in the product. Mm -hmm. And so he, for example, he kind of is like, okay, pull out pull out like a couple of perfumes that you have for sale. And some of them, the names are like, 
uh, salacious sugar and, <laughs> and like that wasn't too uncomfortable right matt <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh it was great and so he you know he chose like okay now listen smell it listen to the words what does it evoke in you you know and then he starts playing marvin gay and she's like she, she doesn't know what the words mean she doesn't know what the words are saying in the music but she can feel the sensuality and so she's like okay tell me again what are you holding? She's like, mmm, salacious sugar. And so a lot of fun scenes of her kind of getting into this mood and him just loving it and saying, okay, go sell it. And of course, you know, she goes back to the same houses and because she's just really believes in it and, and sells it in a way that um, shows, exp expresses, you know, what each smell invokes in her, mm -hmm. she's able to, uh, sell these products and then in the end of course she's you know enjoying all of her purchase order forms and the, her success and she sees a man try, trying to sell his services as a rotor rooter and, uh, and he doesn't know any English come my dad um, yeah, <laughs> and, <laughs> except because he also knows Portuguese he's um, we're gonna sell as a uh, someone Portuguese. who's from uh, Portugal, you know, Portuguese immigrant. And so, um, and she just kind of looks at him and smiles and then cut to back into the neighbor's apartment. And, he brings him. Uh, trying to get him <laughs> to sell, <laughs> you know, his snake. His oh snake. my God, that's <laughs> funny. You, so, you became the Jordan Belfort of, uh, <laughs> of comedy. <laughs> Yeah, so I wanted something small. So, and the funny thing is, what was insane is my mom was like, "You know that I used to be an Avon lady, but it wasn't Avon; it was Mary Kay." I oh, right. She's like, "I that was one of right. that was my first job coming to this country, and I did it to learn English." And I'm like, "What?" And she's That's like, funny. "Yes." <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm thinking that maybe I, I might have must have heard the story when I was a kid, and it just kind of buried yeah, in the yes, recess. Yeah. But just to under just to you know to find out that that was a true thing for her just kind of added layers to the story more than anything and so um but yeah i'm excited i've finished it i've gotten it down to 14. oh now who, who do we have here who do we have yeah, he was he will also be in the short yeah, yeah. Let, let, let's, this is poppy this is poppy hey hey poppy how you doing <laughs> <laughs> he's also been in several commercial auditions really Oh yeah, as has Honeybee, who's a little too big to pick up. She's a German Shepherd. Yeah. Oh there. yeah, that's a little bit too big. I don't think she'll fit in this shot. I don't. Know. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm very supportive of her entrance into directing because I, I think, think that's awesome. <laughs> I think it's awesome that that you're yeah. able to pivot and you're not afraid of it. And you're coming up with ideas because that, to me, even with your mother coming in when you guys were in bed, that's hilarious. That Write that into the script. <laughs> write it in. But what is this going to be, a show or is it going to be a film series? What is it going to be? Uh, right now, it's just a short film, um, mainly because anything bigger, it's going to delay me actually getting to set and doing it. So I wanted something short, something that I can, you know, show others and say okay when i say that i'm a director here's my proof this is what i've done this is my style um and uh maybe put it to festivals and be able to get it to you know mainly i want to connect with other people so i can start doing more um and and just you know start that that resume and, and you know it's 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 becoming easier and easier to do this pivot mainly because of you know, my dad was the first person who said, you know, you're, you know, I really love your work as an actor, but I really think you belong in the director's chair. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, okay, okay. My mom it's would true. say the same she thing. Has, she has the soul of a director. And then he would say the same thing. And I was like, well, I mean, <clears> the people who know me the best see this in me. And so, um, and I also have this, this, when I am on set as an actor, I tend to be like, that's not gonna work with the shot we did before. But you know, so I just tend to kind of like. <laughs> but you know, but you know when, when you're on set as an actor, you you know, and if you know the different components from the lighting, the everything else, it, it hits you. And mm -hmm. when when you get behind from going in front of the camera to going behind the camera, all of a sudden you know someone may be green at something, but you know, hey. You need to be here for this shot to be a certain way and for everything to hit a certain way, the light to hit you a certain way, you know, because you've been there.
And, and I think having that experience helps. Yeah, and as I think especially, because um, as an actor, you work with two different kinds of directors. There's the directors who are very technically minded. Mm -hmm. Either they went to film school and they went in, in through a more technical way or they started out as like a DP or something like that. Mm -hmm. And you know, they can set up the perfect lighting, they can set up everything, but they have to learn the skill of communicating with the performer. Right. You know what I mean? And then you have the other kind who have come at it from a more performer perspective mm -hmm. and they're very good. They can tell you exactly what they need and they're sort of a, as a performer, it's nice to have that because you have this, you have this sort of dialogue in this language that you can use. Mm -hmm. And then you see them and obviously then the skill they had to learn was the more technical side. Right. Um, as a performer, I'm highly biased. I like to work with a person who has that performing background. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And as an actor, I feel the same way. Yeah. Like it's, well, it's it makes it easier for you, though, yeah. because yeah. you can actually enjoy what you're doing and you're not teaching the director how, where you should stand and how the lighting is going to be. Because I guarantee you, especially Kato, like you, I bet you you're there. You're like, wait a second. If I was two feet this way, it would be better. And you, you need to let them know. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard not to let them know it's hard to be like okay, yeah. they know what they're doing and then you have to and matt does this too you have to find in your own way to kind of help you know yeah. you know that the camera at the corner of your eye is here and you know it's getting dangerously close to blocking the other person so you just kind of counter to help yeah. you know that kind of thing and that that is something that is is good knowing you know going into yeah. um into that but more than anything it's just you know the struggle i feel with directors is that they have an image they have a vision and they have to somehow communicate it to you know yeah. their crew but also communicate what they're trying to say or trying to envision to their actors and 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 then another aspect to it is you have to kind of let go a little bit of your vision because you have to let the actor create as well mm -hmm. and that letting go is what um is i find a lot of directors school writers any creative aspect is 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 very difficult because mm -hmm. you're married especially as a writer you're married to what you're to the, story to the characters you created and every step of the way the director the producer the um any any kind of creative person that comes in will alter that a little bit but hopefully for the better and that synergy that yeah. comes that true art that 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 cinema has because mm -hmm. um, there's so many components components so many people that that affect the finished product which is why it is so it's I believe it's so different than any other art form in that I can't imagine any other art form it requires so many people, so many like just influences to create this fine finished product yeah. that remove any one of them and it would have changed. It has to be a very collaborative. Collaborative. And true magic can come but, but out. Yeah, but you, when you have that magic, you have those people that are all in yeah. tune. It's like a symphony because everything's Absolutely. working nicely like yes. a machine. Mm -hmm. You just need one person out of whack and then all of a sudden, and I've seen it. I was watching a movie uh, with. Um, with Bruce Willis, and he just did it recently, and it just came out. I was watching it. I'm looking at it, and the other actors are like, ah, there was some guy from One Tree Hill, and he's there. And I said, the actors are ah, and then the one that played his wife, she was definitely not an actress, and it was, like, just very bad, and it made me want to shut the movie off, you know, and it's like, you know, but I said, it's Bruce Willis. It's going to get better, right? It's got I mean, I, I guess I'm going to be in diehard mode until we get to it. So, you know, a knife came out and everything, so it got better. But, you know, because they, they killed her. They knocked her. But the bottom line is that when you have, you have, one, you have one actress or actor in a film that can knock everything out of sync. And it doesn't matter. You can try to cover as much as possible. But if they're out of sync, it just knocks the flow, I think. Yeah. Well, and I think the best kind of director, you know, using the symphony you're talking about is like, a, like a, uh, an or orchestral um, conductor. They're able to keep everybody going towards the same goal, but then allow them to have their own um, freedom. There's a, a in September, I, I had one of the best experiences I've ever had on a TV show. I shot a couple episodes mm -hmm. of a show that I, I can't, they've asked us not to say which show it is yet, but it'll be coming out in the late spring, early summertime. Mm -hmm. But there was a scene where uh, we're in the hospital and I'm, I'm playing a doctor and this person has to be, has come out of their bed before they're really ready to. And what was written was the dialogue between 
this character and this other, these two characters who are regulars on the show. Mm -hmm. And it was just weird because in the midst of all this stuff running around, so I started um, ad-libbing just a couple things that were loud enough for my mic to hear but wouldn't get picked up by the other mics so they didn't want to use it. Because there was something that wasn't quite working and we'd done a couple takes and it wasn't really like, we'd done a couple rehearsals and it wasn't really working. So I tried just adding a couple things in there and the director came up and was like, yeah, keep doing that. Feel free to just go nuts, ad-lib. And so I ended up like ad-libbing this whole scene happening underneath their conversation. And the director and I started working together. We tightened up what the lines were. And um, as a guest actor, you're not often given the freedom to just do that. So being able to do that, but then having a director who recognized like, oh, that's why it wasn't working. But that's a good director because yeah. the ego uh, is not there. It's about the, exactly. the end like, result. Yeah, he's just like, okay, oh, that's why it wasn't working because they're in the middle of this massive emergency situation and none of the emergency people are talking to each other. So as that happened, and then some of the other actors started throwing in a couple of things. And so we were eventually able to create this whole scene mm -hmm. that was the backdrop for the main scene that was happening. And you know, not only did we all get a little more screen voice time, which is always nice, but it really fleshed out what was happening between the two characters and gave it sort of a, a um, it gave it, put a little more meat on the bones of the scene. It drew, really is nice. gonna draw the audience in closer because there's something going on. They're like, wow, wow, something's happening. Yeah. As yeah. opposed to focusing on these two guys. They're focusing yeah. on the scene itself. Yeah, and I actually, I went in to do some looping and I got to see the scene and yeah, it came out really nicely. I'm excited to see how uh, when it airs. See, but if you, if you if you weren't experienced like you like you are, you would have been afraid to do that, like most people would be. Right, and that is that's that's where it's nice when the experience comes in. And you know, mm -hmm. I, I couldn't even tell you what number of how many jobs we've done at this point. But you you got to learn. That's the hardest part, I think, as a performer, especially when you're a guest and you're supporting or you're a guest star, is finding that that line of I'm offering something, but I'm not getting in the way. Right. There's a difference between like, I'm offering something to help this, this goal that we're all heading towards. We're being pushy. And, yeah. And I'm being pushy or I'm trying to make it all about me when it's not about me. Right, it's right, about right. Whatever this. It, it's all in a presentation and how you bring it to the table. You know, yeah. if, you, if you throw a turkey, you slam it on the table, the, the you know, people aren't going to really, you know, adhere to it. But if you're nice, hey, if you want a slice, you know, we can do this, then people will, will come to it. Yeah. And you, you have to know what it's, that, that it's not about you. Mm -hmm. It's not about you. And I, and I have to say, even watching, um, I got to work with some, this, this last project, there were, a couple of really big names that I got to work with, which was exciting. And even watching them, everyone else is treating it like it's about them and they're not treating it like it's about them. They're treating it like, this is the story, this is where we're going to, this is what we're doing. And I think that's the mark, that's something that I always look up to mm -hmm. in another professional where I'm working with them when it's like, they don't make it about them, even if they're insanely famous, even if they're whatever, it's like, oh no, they're, we're all working together to make this happen. But you, you, the key word, professional. You know, if oh, you're yeah. a professional, you know how the machine works and what you need to do. If it's about you and your ego is there, you know what? People don't like working with people like that, you know, and, 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 and with the shakeup in Hollywood, with this wine scene and all this other nonsense, hopefully all that crap is gone and people can actually go and act and, and, and really create some great projects without the nonsense. Yeah, I think um, I think a lot of times, uh, yeah, with, with Ooh, all that, of that, that, it, it hurt me to say that name. Let me tell tox you. Toxicity that came out. I think <laughs> I have a feeling we've, we're going to be dealing with that fallout for a little while because there's always people who want to do it. But I think what what people don't realize is the great product that came out, like a lot of the great stuff that came out that Weinstein produced, came out despite him doing that, not because of him doing that. Right. And uh, when you're able to not be that influence in the product, I think it's a lot easier to get a good product. Yeah. Personally, in my experience. Well, you look, I mean, this not to harp on him, but his company, they, they produced some great movies, you know, but yeah. the individual, you know, well, anyway, he, he, he's going to be looking at four walls for some time. So that's, that's his issue, yeah. you know? So now let, let's get back. You're doing some audio books. Oh yeah, yeah. So one of the other things I remembered. I, uh, see, <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the things that uh, when we did New York, uh, we were in New York after the Broadway show had closed earlier than we expected. So I had a little downtime, 
And I started looking for something to do, and I don't remember how it popped up. We started like oh, it's because we yeah, you I, took a voiceover class. Yeah, in New York, the yeah. the union offers like free workshops, free yeah. classes. The SAG the, the SAG After Foundation they offer free classes to members. Say after foundation, they offer free classes to members, including casting workshops and ways for working professionals to keep honing their craft and exploring new things. And mm -hmm. Carolina took a class, which was an intro to VO voiceover and just different ways you can do, whether it be looping, whether it be commercial voiceover and all of that. And because she's bilingual, she had already been doing some work in the voiceover, especially in the Spanish language mm -hmm. realm. So she wanted to kind of find out more about that. And she mentioned there was a really good class and I should check it out. And I was like, oh, okay. And I went and I looked at it. And for whatever reason, man, um, they mentioned audiobook narration. And I already had enjoyed listening to audiobooks. I'm kind of a bookworm. Mm -hmm. I, I'm always reading or listening to something. And <laughs> you can see her nodding in the background. It's like, yeah, uh, it's true. That's I love good. You, 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 I mean, you get lost. You get lost in books. Yeah. I, I love reading. I love that. I love yeah. that stuff. So you learn, you get lost, and, and yeah, and then you're like, "Yes, dear, yes, dear." While you're reading the book, I know how it works. Yeah, I think <laughs> like, I think I'm jealous of your audiobook right now because I was listening to a particularly good one. Um, but anyway, I was um, so I started doing it. I started auditioning, and I booked a couple, just you know, uh, like lower level kind of books, and I read a few of those. And then we came back to LA, and I plunked down some money, and I actually bought a voiceover booth. Oh. And I was auditioning for books, and I booked this. Uh, it was the first of what's planned out to be five, and now I've done the first two of the Thomas Wildest series. And it's about this young man who um, discovers that he has, you know, magical powers, like so many. But the fun, the thing that I like about it, because I'm kind of a nerd, is mm -hmm. the magic is all based in physics and quantum physics. Mm -hmm. So when he's learning a new skill, it's based on, so like uh, there's one part where he's learning uh, translocation mm -hmm. and they're using the principle of quantum physics that subatomic particles can be in multiple places at the same time. Mm -hmm. And they extrapolate that into using that for this. And it's, it's, I mean, I may be biased because I'm the narrator. I think it's incredibly well written. Mm -hmm. um, it's, uh, it's Thomas Wildest and the Book of Sorrows is the first one. The second one is Thomas Wildest and the Wizard of Sumeria. And it's just been, it's been a real joy to work with the author. And um, we actually, when, when, again, when lockdown first happened, I had this idea. I said, hey, what if I, would you let me do a live reading, a chapter a day of your book? Because I had a lot of friends who have kids who they're like, I don't know what to do with my kids. They can't go play with their friends. They can't go to school. They're going crazy. So we did something called story time for a couple months. And I just read a chapter a day. And he and so we started out with Thomas Wallace in the Book of Sorrows, and I was finishing up Wizard of Sumeria, and um, then I I did a couple other authors who let me read their books, and I would always give the author a plug as a thank you, but they didn't ask for any rights or anything. We just did it via Facebook Live, and uh, yeah. So right now you can you can listen to my dulcet tones on Thomas Wallace in the Book of Sorrows and Thomas Wallace and the Wizard of Sumeria by J M Bergen, and I'm guessing. We should be scheduled around May or June to start on the third one. I haven't, I haven't read it yet, but um, I always, I have to say, I really like Jam's writing. He started it as a story that he would tell his kids when they were going to bed, mm -hmm. and he does, uh, I believe it's technical writing, and so he started kind of writing it as a, a challenge and a project, and then he's just been exploring and expanding it, and um, I, I have to say, it's it's a lot of fun. We we listened to one of them on a on a road trip we took with her parents oh, yeah. and we got back and we hadn't finished the book and her mother reached out and was like, um, could, could, could we finish the book? She's like, I want to know, know how it ends. I think that's great because you're doing different things outside of just acting, which makes you more versatile. You know, I, yeah, like, I, I've seen both of you in, in action and when you're acting, it's just interesting because you, are so natural at it when you're in your your scene you're a part of it you know what i mean you're, like, you're you're a part of it it doesn't look like you're out of whack you know <laughs> and, and and well some actors are like that they it's like they don't belong in that scene 
but you're there. It's like you belong there. You know, you there was a, I think I don't know what show was. I don't know if it was CSI or something or Criminal Minds, and you were there. You were in a in a grocery store or something, and you you you're walking by, did something. Oh, yeah, and- yeah, the Criminal Minds. Uh, it was at the the um, the farmers market. Oh, I remember all this stuff and I don't know why, you know, but anyway, so, but you did it. It was like so natural and the way they kept, they kept zoning in on you and what you were doing. It was just pretty cool. Thank you. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a really fun project to work on. Um, They were a fun crew. Um, Yeah, I think as an actor, it comes to that, you know, you, you try to train and you get all the skills you need. And I think the secret, the heart that that I know I struggled with, is then you just throw it all away, and you may go in and do something totally different from right. anything you've practiced, and you have to be okay with that. And it's um, it's weirdly, I don't know if I didn't tell you this. So totally unrelated to anything, um, I help run the business for a kung fu studio that a buddy of mine and I run. Now. Look at that. Yeah, we've now moved uh, virtual via Zoom. It's called Five Families Kung Fu Sansu. Um, I did martial arts as a kid, and then I got involved in uh, a guy who I had to stop. Some things happened, and I got connected with this buddy of mine who does come from when we opened it up. But it's weird that, like, people don't think, like, oh, acting and self-defense and fighting go together. And they do in the way of you train, you train, you train, you train. And then when that happens, you throw all that stuff out the window, and you have to just be in the moment. Mm-hmm whether it be acting or whether it be in a stressful situation where you have to do something like that. If you're caught up in things that you've decided ahead of time, and I'm saying this because I know you're into MMA and you're into boxing and you're yeah. in that world, you know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah. If you're caught up in what you plan to do ahead of time, you're never gonna be successful. Or if you are successful, it'll be despite the mistakes you're making. Nope. You have to throw it all out the window and then just be there in the moment and react however you need to react. And that's what that's life. You know, there's yeah. no there's no plan. You know, I mean you, you think you have to think like Mike Tyson says, everyone has a plan until they get knocked out, right? I'm not yeah, you know, yeah. you know, but that but that's the reality because you think you have a plan until something shifts. If you're not nimble enough, you know, you can't pivot here, here, here. Look what you guys are doing now. Audiobooks, writing, directing, this is the stuff you're doing, but you're seeing that hey, your your skill set is rising. Okay, yeah. and, and that and that that's an awesome thing, and you know, and and before we you know, because we're gonna we're coming to to the top of the hour, there are two things that we're gonna touch on here. Okay, first, okay, and I always do this when I bring when couples are on, couples in Hollywood, you know, how do you guys deal with it? That that's that's a big <laughs> question. It's it's not easy, I'm sure. Maybe for you guys, but you wanna you wanna start off. Um, I, <laughs> you te- you start, and then I'll just stay within those parameters. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how we survive. No, no. And that's how we survive. Yeah, yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> um, actually, uh, I can't imagine doing this if he wasn't in the industry. Uh, I, I don't – I have yeah. – like right now I have several friends who are actresses, and they um, are single, and they are trying to date. And uh, I just remember this one story of this one woman who, uh, you know, she had a date and she had to cancel because she had this audition. And, and he's like, this is the third time you canceled. Uh, this is a real, I mean, I said, this is a nice restaurant. I said, it like, like how, why can't you just cancel your audition? And she, she's like, no, that is not how this works. It's like a job interview. I do not cancel auditions for anybody or for anything. And for what we call uh, um, uh, a civilian, which is someone not in the entertainment industry. They don't understand that kind of concept. Like if, you know, if, you know, if Valentine's Day is coming up, an anniversary is coming up, um, how could you- Our first anniversary. Our first, our one year wedding anniversary, I had to drive up to, what's this place called? Uh, Trona. Trona for a Toyota commercial. I couldn't even be with him from, you know, and, and somebody who's not in the industry would not understand why that would be more important. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way we survived. So our first two anniversaries were separate. Yeah, the I second year he was, I you was both, something. yeah, I think you were doing Dodge. 
you doing dumb? I was doing something, but yeah. So the first two, our first two anniversaries, right. one of us was out of town shooting something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't until we were both out of town in New York mm -hmm. for for that job that we were able to celebrate our anniversary together. And even then, three. <laughs> even then, I think I had rehearsal till late, so we had to kind of point being is that out. Yeah. being in the same industry, we can understand that. Like yeah. we wouldn't doubt for a second that we wouldn't for a second think about, oh, I wish you would give this up so we could, I mean, it would even cross our minds. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't never expect that from each other because we're in the same industry. Um, the the downside, obviously, is that both of us, uh, our Finances. income is, <laughs> is, flat, is, is yeah. in, always in flux. Right, so right, we right. come up with ways to, you know, once we have our income to stretch it out as long as possible, uh, you know, hopefully until the next person books the next thing yeah. and uh, like when we were first starting out and we we're still struggling we kind of make a deal where whoever books a commercial that person would pay rent for that month yeah to give the <laughs> other person yeah. So, uh, yeah, the other person yeah and that's kind of how we went through that beginning phase right. Um, but right now I mean the, the the farther we're getting on our career the better it's getting like, especially now with yeah. I'm you know I'm switching over to directing and all of that. You know, I already have my actor right here, or yeah, if I need, you know, and since he also has experience behind the camera, um, I think what really works yeah. out also, I, you know, I, I can't just say that any two married actors and it would be great. No, I think, jealousy can be sometimes. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. If yeah. one person keeps booking mm -hmm. and the other one doesn't, mm -hmm. that's it's, gotta be really hard. I think, I think you have to, because I'll say right off the bat, she books more than I do. Period. She just does. Because she's, I'm female, Hispanic. And she's that's actually, yeah, she's bilingual. I mean, she's much more marketable yeah. than I am right, right. now. Yeah. And especially as a, a man who grew up a certain way in the Midwest, there was a certain amount of ego and pride swallowing that has to, that had to happen and continually has to happen to be like, that's the reality. And so in those times, having to remind myself that, no, now's the time to be her cheerleader. Now's the time to be her supporter. And even if I go for a year without booking, my job is to support her and then find a way that I bring in income, however it may be. And, you know, maybe an audiobook, maybe whatever. Mm -hmm. But being, being each other's cheerleader, not when it's easy, but when you're feeling like your career is going nowhere and they're getting all these accolades, still being that cheerleader and finding that I think is very important when performers or uh, artistic and creative people of any stripe are together as a couple. Well, that, yeah. that's the best teamwork. You know, if you guys yeah. are working yeah. together, you're together. And I think that's a key thing because, Matt, you know, you just mentioned something that you got to be a cheerleader when things are not going good for you, but they're going good for her and vice versa. You know, I mean, that's a tough pill to swallow. But, and I remember going back from the first day we met, he you don't understand that when I was talking to him, he mentioned you and it was like, he, he lit up like like it was the 4th of July and Christmas and everything put together. And I said, I said, really? He's like, he's like, yeah, you know, and and he, I mean, just that, that passion that came out. And I'm not surprised you guys are like this because if he's like this, that means you're like this. And the bottom line is together, you guys make a unit that works. Absolutely. And, and, and that support yeah. factor is important. It's very important. Yeah. You know? so yeah. yeah I like, think like you hear all this stuff in Hollywood with, with, with actors, they get married and, and they do this and all of a sudden this one makes a movie is cheating on this one and doing this uh, and doing that, you know, I mean, yeah. I mean, well, it, I mean it's, it's, it's a little different because, you know, we're not, we are working actors. We're not stars. That's true. We're not know? celebrities where you got to So like, I can't sit here and say that would never happen to us if all of a sudden we became, you know, Angelina Jolie and, you know, uh, what's the right. Brad Pitt. Well, let, let's know? say it's never going to happen because we can't have that happen. You guys got to stay the way you are. Even if you get super duper uber famous and all that stuff happens, you know, how you are is the real. Okay. And, you know. I mean, we've never been famous, but I think there is a, there's a whole other level, I think, of self-knowledge you have to have when suddenly you have people, for lack of a better word, throwing themselves at you. But I will say... You know, we've both had scenes where we've had to watch each other make out with somebody or have a scene with somebody. And what has always stuck in my head is one of the funniest and most surreal moments I'd ever had. I was doing a play called Chinglish here in 
in Los yeah. Angeles. Right. And my co-star was an actress named Carol Wong, who's actually in the new um, Top Gun movie that's coming out. Okay. A delightful, brilliant actress. And we had a scene where we're both in our underwear making out on a bed. And it is a comedy, so jokes are happening as it's happening. Both my wife and my mother are in the audience. <laughs> and I know both of their laughs very well. So I can distinctly remember kissing Kara and then working my way down her body as we're both in our underwear on a bed and hearing both my wife and my mother laughing louder than everybody else. <laughs> the joke that was just made they thought was hilarious in the context of knowing me and just having that surreal moment of like, yep, this is, uh, this is my career. <laughs> <laughs> where, where your wife's laughing at you while you're in bed. Okay, you don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah she, but I mean, it's just it's something you do. I saw, I saw her in a play where she was making out with a guy and I was there with my cousin. My cousin's like, how do you, how can you watch that? And I was like, it's part of the business. Yeah, she's got to watch me. I got to watch her. Yeah. It's just it's what it is. Yeah, but yeah. but there's the maturity factor, understanding this too, because not a lot of people can can suck that up and handle that. Well, I mean, yes, you have to you have to have a, a, a mutual trust, um, yeah. and that's the what I love about us and our personalities is that we're not the stereotypical, completely like creative brained type people oh. were also very logical. We're both um, children of engineers. Yeah, I mean, so. We, 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 so when we deal with like, you know, marital issues, we come at it in a very logical sense where we sit down and we have a conversation, we go to therapy because we really believe Dude. that that is the key to every Believer in couples therapy. And Whether you therapy. have issues or not, you yeah. know. So we, we come yeah, at it. absolutely. In that way, we're not always, you know, we're not driven by emotions and dreams. We are driven by passion, absolutely. Um, but we're also very, just very logical type A people. So we, we, and not only that, we shift our perspective of, you know, two separate careers into a, this is a, a you know, almost like a two partner business. So if yeah. one person succeeds, then the other also does. So we try to be like, okay, what can I do to help you, you know, get up to the next level? So if that means, you know, me, if Matt's like, how do I help you become a great director? Yeah. All right, I'm going to write something that's going to really highlight my talent and I'm going to put him in it because I am going to help him get the footage that he needs to right. put, step him yeah. up. So we look at it as a team effort, like a business, like a corporation of yeah. two people trying to build um, this, you just, know. Just imagine if more married couples had that mentality that you have, you support the person you're with to help them, to help elevate them where they need to be, or where they want to be, and then you do the same for the other. You know, I think if more couples would like was were like that, there'd be less divorce probably. You know, but I don't know like that. You know, you guys therapy. are really therapy. fortunate. Therapy. Therapy. Some, the therapy. Magical thing. Go to therapy. Sometimes <laughs> it helps to have a third person be like, you know, and you're like. Um. <laughs> <laughs> too funny, too funny. But that's great. That's great advice. You know, you guys out there. Go to therapy if you need to and make your marriage work because it's worth it. And you can see yeah. right here, it's worth it. All right. So now in closing, you know, why don't you guys let everyone know how they can follow your career, follow, you know, what you're doing, your websites, whatever, whatever you need to let them know. Is there anything that we're missing out from covering today? Because I know I had some, I mean, I, I brought up all the, the yeah, yeah. things you're working on. I uh, the only thing is is I have something coming up on the sixth is that fifth, fifth of the February. fifth of February which is in three days which yeah. I didn't even realize. I was I should have posted it um, but I, I flew to Hawaii recently to shoot Magnum PI oh. and that's coming on the fifth at nine p.m. and um, so I'm gonna post stuff on it uh, about that but uh, I mean Hawaii it was amazing and I got to reconnect to my with my cooler roots and all of that but. Um, that was a fun trip. But yeah, as far as like, uh, that's it for me. And then Mosquito State coming out. Yeah. Go ahead. For me, um, I'm MatthewJager.com is my website. But really the best way would be Instagram. Oh, I'm nice. just Matthew Jager Actor on Instagram. And because uh, I've got a recurring coming up on a, a yet to be unnamed show. But believe me, as soon as I'm allowed to say it, 
I'll be saying it. It's pretty big. It's pretty um, awesome. I'll You'll be, be saying uh, it. I'll be saying it. We will. Yeah. We'll let people well, know. And, let people and the know. next, the next book in um, in the Thomas Wireless series will probably be released. Uh, if it stays in the same schedule, I haven't talked to JM in a while, but I'm guessing it'll be around June, July. The next audiobook will be happening. So I'll be announcing that as well. So, yeah, the best way is uh, Matthew Jager Actor on Instagram. And hey, if you want to learn Kung Fu, uh, go to Five Families Kung Fu San Su. Oh, and, there you uh, go. We're, we're, on, we're on Zoom. So you, we have people who are, you can, you can do it for anyone. Well, you know, the thing is, when they come on Vero, then we can talk because then we can get some action. <laughs> exactly. We get some action, just, just so you know. <laughs> You know, we, the same thing, just carolinaspiro.com. All of my handles on everything Twitter, Instagram, everything is Carolina Spiro. So just my name, and then you'll be able to see and follow yeah. all of that there. Yeah. Right. yeah. If you forget, just Google us and you'll yeah, right it'll pop up. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Look, and guys, you know, I appreciate you coming on the show. And for those watching and listening, you know, you're talking about a couple that I see being a future power couple. They support each other. Learn from them and, you know, be a part of, of, of what's going to be happening in their lives because what they're bringing to the table is a little more than you know. All right. But I thank you guys for tuning in. You guys stick with me. And we'll you're keeping us in your circle, man. I mean, you're always, you're always willing to deal and coming up with new stuff. And I love that you keep bringing us in every time you've got a new thing. So hey, we got, we got to do this up because we got to support each other. And this is what we do. And yeah. Highlighting, see, I love highlighting people. As everyone, anyone that watches the show, they know I just love. I've been doing it for a long time. I'll continue to do it because the talents that I see out there, you know, they don't get the play that they should, and you guys should get more play than you do. So this oh, is what we're doing here. This is what we're doing here. All right, you guys, thank you. Stay with me, and for those that are watching and listening, um, we'll be back with you with the next episode of the UCW Radio Show. Initiating special sequence. Now, this is your new window in your face. What is your major malfunction? So let it be written. So let it be done. Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you.